Welcome to Celeste and Mooley's Film Club, the podcast. As we approach day 200 of what I honestly thought would only go on for about 10 days, I decided to experiment and expand Celeste and Mooley's short film club into dun dun dun, dun a podcast where me and Mooley, I do most of the talking because if you haven't caught on yet, Mooley is a rabbit. Talk to filmmakers, artists, creators, innovators, and lovely people surviving in these kooky, crazy times about life, the universe, films, and everything. So I thought, who better to navigate this new adventure with than the three fantastically talented pals that were my creative collaborators for my new CBC short doc, My Lucky Something. Animator and illustrator extraordinaire Abby Lasha Dewan genius editor, colorist, VFX, and all things post, Ian MacDonald, and virtuoso composer and sound designer, Jack Wichter. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. It is nice to be here in conversation with you today. My name is Abilasha the the one, and I am an animator and have been for the last 15 years. Um, that makes me feel old, but yeah, I've <laughs> I have worked for um, animation studios, mostly in Ontario, Canada, and then some in New Delhi, India, and then for the greater chunk of that time, I have been a freelance animator. And what got you into animation? What made you decide this is what I want? Especially because I know you personally as a friend. You came all the way from India to come to Canada and learn animation. I did. Uh, that was back in 2007. Um, I was very, very close to going to engineering school after high school. It, it was kind of the, the subjects that I had, um, physics, chemistry, math, and computer science. And it was very stressful all of the peer pressure at the time to do all of this extra work to prepare for engineering school. Anyway, it was all getting a bit much. So I decided to do something that was more creative in which I would still be able to delve into some subjects around what I enjoyed about physics, chemistry, and math. And so I ended up choosing animation. There was no full-time um, like graduate degrees for animation in India at the time. And I was lucky and privileged enough to have the support of my parents to be able to go outside of India and try this out. So that's where I ended up. I ended up at Sheridan College in Oakville, Ontario. So we just made a film together, which unlike most films, we were able to make entirely over the internet. But I'm guessing in your mm-hmm. position, you've done this before you've been able to work remotely before especially when you were in India um as especially working as a freelance animator I have done that a lot of my career which is kind of a reason why like working through the pandemic lockdown was not too bad for me it was actually less unusual I think than it has been for other people working by myself and um, being mostly in my own company for the majority of the week is kind of usual for me. So strangely enough, it's been okay. I mean, my heart goes out to people who have kids right now. 
Um, I'm sure it's really stressful and I keep hearing all these this news of new outbreaks in schools and daycare centres and it all sounds really scary. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. Being a parent right now is full of difficult choices with no right answer. Uh, Jack just logged in one second. Hey, Jack. Hi. I'm guessing that maybe Ian is stuck in the wrong time zone because that could be the case. <laughs> all right. How are you guys doing? I'm all right. One of the first questions, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm great. Yeah, I'm uh, back to music lessons. So a bit of a transition period, but um, yeah, I just, I love my kids. I, I miss them. Like I haven't been doing lessons since late June. So are you um, doing them online or? Yes. Yeah. How is yeah. that? It's uh, it's not the best, but um, I'm I'm trying to make the most of it. It's just that um, it kind of goes against the philosophy that we're trying to put together at Cadence House, which is like kids should always be playing together, or at least like teacher and student should be playing together. Um, but eventually, once they're able to hone the skills, then put putting them together with their peers and allowing them to communicate with music. That's the whole idea. Um, so right now it's we're just kind of working on building skills, but the the playing together has to wait. On that note, why don't you introduce yourself? So um, I've been teaching music for 10 years here at Cadence House. You moved downtown after studying at York University, uh, where I did um, study music and philosophy. And some of the stuff that I learned there is, is really coming back strong, being that um, I learned how to sync music to picture and learned how to be sensitive to you know the, the visual medium whereas I was more brought up just uh, a musician playing the drums and then as soon as I got a taste for learning instruments I just started to try to learn more and more instruments and I made this deal with my dad my dad wanted me to take piano lessons and I kind of lost interest when I was maybe 12 and he made me a deal he's like I'll buy you a guitar but you have to take piano lessons uh, so for a year of piano lessons, I, I earned myself a guitar. And then the next year, it was like, I want a drum kit. That one was a little bit harder to convince my dad to, to buy a drum kit. But uh, we eventually like went splits on it, which was a good deal. And I had to, I stayed in piano lessons. I worked through it, you know, through the difficulties of that. And um, I'm glad. I'm glad that I continued with the piano lessons because it allowed now... It's like a lot of my composing happens, starts on the piano. It's just a great way of fleshing out ideas uh, before trying to adapt them to, to other instrumentation. And um, anytime I have an opportunity to work on creative things, I just jump at it. So what are some hobbies and things you've really gotten into while being stuck at home? Um, it's, I think I, I should mention work-wise, it has been really fun to have friends like you reach out and do fun projects that are kind of an unusual one-off in work-wise, which has been great. Um, gardening, definitely being on the list. I just harvested some potatoes from our backyard, which is great. I also did a bunch of macrame. I ordered rope online and made plant hangers. And talking of rope, I also did like, a, I wove a stool 
my cats love it. They sit on it all the time because they use it as a scratching post and a lounging spot. It's great. And what about you, Jack? What have you been up to? I've been working on a script for a feature film. Oh. And uh, I'm very excited about it. And I so right after I submitted the music for this project, um, I jumped into a car and my brother and I, we drove to BC uh, there did a lot of camping on the way. I spent a lot of time in a car, uh, but it was it was also sort of research for this movie because I'd love to make a, a road movie that really captures um, the Canadian essence. So I've been trying to like wrap my head around what does it mean to be Canadian, and because I've always felt that uh, it's it's really special, and I'm very grateful to to be a Canadian. Uh, I got my citizenship when I was like 10 years old or something and I didn't really understand what that meant. Like like it, it for my parents, they drove us to Guelph, Ontario, I think it was, and they dressed us up in our Sunday clothes and uh, I remember you know, it was kind of like a boring ceremony for a 10-year-old, but then I went back to I got uh, to to spend the day out of class. And when I went back to class, we would have these journaling exercises. And I remember I wrote like, I got my citizenship today. I totally misspelled citizen, um, <laughs> but, but uh, I remember the teacher gave me like three stars and she was like, congratulations, this is like a big deal. I just didn't really understand that, the scope of that. But now being in Canada for 30 years, it's like, um, I'm really grateful and and what a beautiful country. I just want to be able to find a way to express that. That's the kind of thing I love hearing. I love Canada and I've only ever been Canadian, so it's a big part of my identity. But there's a lot of anger, a lot of very, very justified anger that needs to be heard and addressed about Canada's history and how things are presently being run. But Canada is also a place that has welcomed so many immigrants over the years people like you who have fallen in love with its beautiful landscape. And I think these stories are important to be heard too. Mm -hmm. And look <laughs> at us. It's like the three of us might have never met, you know, if it wasn't for be being able to be here all together. Mm -hmm. so and, true. and we all have different, like I was born here, but my parents are both first generation immigrants. A B fingers class will soon be Canadian. Hey, uh, this is a really relevant conversation. Just yesterday, I realized that I am now eligible to apply and become a citizen. I've been a permanent resident for about three and a half years. We should all meet up in Guelph. Yeah. <laughs> so all three of us worked on this CBC short doc that I directed and produced called My Lucky Something, which was a film about the little things that bring you luck and warmth and comfort. What is one thing that helps you for your day? Um, yeah, I, I had the, the wonderful opportunity to say on camera in the film that everybody should go watch because it's adorable. But I have a set of earrings that I got as a present from my grandparents when I was, I think, about two years old or younger. Um, and uh, both my grandparents have now passed away. So it's kind of the one thing object that I have which is a present from them uh, that I've had all my life and I really, I really cherish the other thing I was talking to my mom uh, who watched the film uh, recently and she said she has those little box 
um, it's made of brass and in it, it's really tiny. It's probably about like two inches by two inches. And she has this dried flower garland, which is from her wedding. So like 35 year old garland that she still has. She like puts it, keeps it on her bedside table. Um, and she, when she was thinking about what her lucky something is, she said, that's what it is. And I remember it. I remember my entire school life um, living in Delhi with my parents. Um, I remember that box. I know exactly what it looks like. Lovely. Oh, neat. I like how the film is able to make people reminisce on their past and also make them feel a bit more hopeful about their futures. Because mm-hmm. it is a tough year. And especially, I guess, it's very tough for you because your family's in India um, and you worry about them. So mm-hmm. it's nice to know that there are these little things, these memories that connect you. Yeah, totally. I have um, a poncho that I wear. It's uh, I got it in Ecuador uh, when my brother was getting married. So we all flew to Ecuador, uh, went to this like really, really neat marketplace. And um, there was this llama poncho that I had my eye on. And I kept like circling around, circling around until like, I'm like, I, I just need to have this. So um, we made a deal with the lady and I took this thing home. I'd wear it at home, um, sometimes during music lessons, but it just, it, it gives me that like homey comfort and just makes me feel like everything's okay in the world. <laughs> but I don't wear it outside. I, I, I've, it's strictly a home thing. Well, luckily, most people are stuck at home these days. <laughs> so, it's the perfect thing for lockdown. Oh, Ian's finally here. Hello. I'm late. I, I totally was like, I'm in Vancouver. I forgot about how the world has different time zones. Oh, no, that's okay. That's why I assumed. <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself and just how are you doing right now? Because we're all in different spots in the world. We're all going for different things. How am I doing? I'm in Vancouver. And yeah, Celeste and I have been, the last project we worked together, we did all through the powers of internet and uh, we were able to edit together and talk together and make the whole project together. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good week. I had a little couple days off, so I binged some shows and comics which is always fun to do. <laughs> and now I'm back to work a little bit. What kind of projects are you working on right now? Um, doing a short film, just just talking with a director named Rose Payne, and we're making a short film together, or she is directing it and I'm editing it. And uh, we just had a little... I sent her an edit last week, and she looked at it, and today we chatted and talked about everything that we want to do with it and where we want to take it so it always makes you excited and ideas are sparked and we're having a lot of fun and so right now are you editing exclusively over the internet like we did or are you able to work and meet people um i did do a lot over the internet there's another fellow that i've been working with lately um and he lives like 10 minutes away from me we got into each other's bubble, and uh, so we, we, we hang out and, and edit together. 
but we also do a lot just from Zoom because it's convenient. I think it'll be great that more people can work on projects from, from further distance. It facilitates things, but the film industry is so much about community and working together and being a team that we're, everyone working remotely, I'm working remotely on a TV show right now. Yeah. It's not the same. You don't have that team feeling. What about you, Abi? Any new exciting projects now that you're back at work? I work part-time for a think tank who right now is working on an essay series on uh, conflict in modern times, so a lot of research around artificial intelligence. So currently I'm working on a short video about the governance of artificial intelligence. Another video that I'm looking forward to, a short film, is on digital media unions, so kind of like media unions for um, people who work freelance, journalism or media. So that's something that hits close to home for me. So I'm looking forward for that one. I think that's really neat that you're able to use your art and tell a message. I think that so many artists dream, but so but also so many of us get caught just doing the job, making the money. But for you, you're able, you've really chosen work that has a vision to it and represents you and represents things you believe in, which is really neat. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely been an aspiration. And I have, um, I've done my fair share of working for the paycheck. And I think continue to do that sometimes. But yeah, it's been nice to have projects that are, are more dear to my heart. So Ian, I already asked Jack and me this earlier, but what have you been up to during the pandemic lockdown? Have you been learning any new hobbies, um, polishing old skills, reading? Um, what have your days been like? Well, the main thing is when the pandemic first started, I decided to go back after all those years of music school behind me, almost a, basically a decade ago. Um, I decided to go back to school and, and learn English and literature and writing and um I did a couple years of like traveling while working remotely already. Um, but right when the pandemic hit, I didn't really have much in the way of work, which was a little disconcerting for all. And um, but it worked out for me because in the end, I decided to go back to school and take some courses and keep learning while I'm keep myself busy and productive and learning. And uh, everything was online and. Um, I read a bunch of books and wrote some papers and started a new screenplay and it was very productive indeed. So that was quite nice. That ended right when that ended too. This, I went over the summer and then it just ended and then sort of I got a couple people being like, hey, do you want to do this work? And so I was like, that worked out very well for me. So yeah, it's nice to get a little bit of work again. So at this moment in time, I have a little bit of work and I hope to keep going back to school. Also, um, I'm not going this term, but maybe next term and just keep doing that a little bit with no real uh, destination in mind, but just a journey. I think all four of us are the same in that we could have wallowed and I, I definitely had those days where I wallowed a bit more, but we found yeah. the little things and the big things that made us happy, making these films, going back to school, composing, finding the things that matter, help you get through times where they are a bit less certain, where you don't know what happens next. 
Ian, I forgot to ask, how's the smoke from the forest fires right now? Uh, well, the, the air's cleared up now, so I haven't heard the news lately. We had some crazy rain, like, just in the last 24 hours. Like, swimming pool. <laughs> so, using that uh, that jumping off point, going with the whole doomsday, what if this is it, sinking right now, what would be your choices of apocalypse? What would be my preferred apocalypse? Mm-hmm. Um, when you say apocalypse, do you mean like, are we going to be able to recover from it? Oh, like, I, I'm letting everyone go t- interpret the questions as they want. I'm going to go with uh, the Final Fantasy ending, Final oh. Fantasy VII, which is a video game from when I was a kid. And I'm actually currently playing, the re- they made a remake, which is like really fancy schmancy and all the new graphics and gameplay and stuff. And uh, at the end of the game, um, the earth, the earth has got Mako, it's like the power of the earth. And then the, be, because the, the humans have been using this power to like build factories and things and, and the, world, the world is dying. So at the end of the game, the earth kind of starts to replenish um, at the expense of uh, humanity's uh, civilization. Um, so if, if we have to go, it makes me feel a little bit better if the rest of the planet gets to thrive as a result. I thought about this question quite a bit when I read your email. I really enjoyed it. And I was thinking, you know, nothing which is, which hits too true. So nothing around like climate change or ecological disaster or like virus zombie like none of that I think that feels too true right now um but like maybe something like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where you're like earth gone okay (laughs) I I guess that's kind of an apocalypse but life continues (laughs) in a more different exciting way you would like the Vogons to just get rid of the earth so that for a new intergalactic highway yeah, and thanks. Maybe exactly. you'll be you'll get zapped aboard a spaceship and start a whole new adventure. Oh, I have my towel and watch packed. <laughs> what about you, Jack? Your doomsday of choice. I like the asteroid hitting the Earth because you would see it coming. It's like you'd get at least like a week or so to witness it, figure out like your well, your place in the uh, in the world i would personally just go camping somewhere and and watch the thing like come closer um it's like that movie melancholia and they kind of they anticipate that like the earth is gonna and uh it, the 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 asteroid's gonna hit and it's exploration like who are we why are we here um yeah that'd be kind of cool to just be in nature and um contemplate life's mysteries for a a while before it all comes to an end. I also like the idea of a meteor hitting so fast we don't even notice. Kind of like the Big Bang, we were part of the opposite end of it. We were part of something (laughs) bigger than anything that has ever existed. So if we need to end up bunkering down in our own little apocalypse bunkers, which I don't think any of us actually have, but if we were, hypothetically, what is one movie you would want to bring with you and share with people in your little bunker community? So 
I'm wondering because like, is it a movie that everybody's seen and we can just continue watching it and, and laugh at it? Cause if it's that, then I'd probably take Forrest Gump with me and then just watch that over and over. But if it's, if it's more obscure and I'm trying to like, uh, give something, something, some, uh, give people something new to experience, maybe, uh, man with the movie camera that old soviet movie i there's so many so much cool stuff happening in there and like i just i love it because you can interpret it differently every time you watch it because it doesn't really seem like there's a message there but it's just showing us humanity and and uh the industrial revolution and all that kind of stuff which makes you think like wow we've really come a long way and because it's a city symphony it's kind of the whole world outside that you don't see anymore but the world's working mm -hmm. yeah i like both those choices what about you what would you choose um i definitely shortlisted forrest gump in my head as well as like a popular favorite um i was thinking of like the funniest movie that i can remember watching what we do in the shadows i i just haven't laughed more in any movie so on a on a comedy note that would be one and then i guess like continuing on the obscure lines the the japanese movie shoplifters both of those are amazing movies good choice. yeah and it's it's shoplifters is about kind of choosing family so i imagine when we're if if we're stuck in a bunker and we have people that were kind of like choosing to be your new family now this is very hypothetical <laughs> I didn't even think of my answer because I was like weighing the question, but I was just going to let you answer it. But now <laughs> I'm wondering what I would choose. Mm. Maybe Wallace and Gromit. I would take the whole collection, but if I had to choose one of them, I would choose Wallace and Gromit Close Shave because I love Sean Sheep. Well, for me, the if I were to hone it down to a quote, it would be in Lord of the Rings, when, which I've actually told a couple of my friends recently because... It's kind of my motto right now, which is, I'll have to paraphrase it because I don't know, but Frodo's like, oh, I wish the ring had never come to me. And Gandalf is like, so do all who live to see such times, but it's not for us to choose. All we have to choose is what to do with the, with the time we have or something like that. Yeah, I think you so, sent it to me too. Yeah, I sent it to you at one point and I sent it to my roommates here. So it's like, for me, that's my reminder whenever you feel like, oh, life is not the way I expect. Like, this is not the deal I was given when I was a kid. I was told life would be a certain way and it turned out differently. That's the, that's, that's the quote that I keep in my mind. It's just like, yeah, that's it's not in our control how things turn out. It's just in our control what we do with the time we have and to see life as a gift, not only a gift if it's the way you want it to be but it's just a gift the way it is and if we do what makes what we feel is right then it makes us happy or it makes me happy anyways mm, i agree and it's a good way to think because yeah right now we really don't know what's happening tomorrow we can't plan we can't strategize we just need to go day by day and make sure we're happy each day no yeah. wonder gandalf was a hero good old gandalf I think we've almost gone through all my questions. The last one is because Film Club is all about building a community, instead of asking you to plug one of your own projects, I'm going to ask 
you to plug a friend, mentor, organization, somebody that you think is doing great work that you, you want people to know about, donate to, or just generally hype up? Yeah, this is this is a great segue into the screening that I'm going to actually. It's um, it's called the Land Back Campaign, and it's it's a group of Indigenous peoples in the city that I live in in Kitchener who've been occupying a part of a public park for about two months. They've been just tenting out there. They've set up a teepee and they have a list of asks from the city council, uh, one of which is like waiving fees for Indigenous peoples to have ceremonies on their own lands, um, uh, to have like paid positions of consultations of Indigenous peoples on the council. Anyway, they're doing a lot of great work. The, I'm going to watch a documentary this evening about them and their journey so far. So, uh, yeah, they, they definitely could use support. They're, they're collecting money for a legal fund at the moment. Paul Taylor, who runs Food Share, is our local hero. He is someone in our neighborhood that, and in our city that is doing so, so much. And through food share, not only are they making sure people are fed, they're teaching people about food sovereignty, about growing their own food, but also they've taken a strong stance on the racial issues going on. And food share as an organization is just always striving to do the best they can. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry is the person that's in Vancouver right now. Um, and I just, whenever I'm looking up Corona in Vancouver and just keeping up to date on how we're doing, she's the one that's sort of like making the speeches and telling everyone what's up and what we need to do and where we're at. And um, I saw recently that there's a little bit of, ah, you know, I don't want to focus on that, but not everyone agrees with her. And so it makes her life a little difficult at times and so I just wanted to give a shout out maybe to her hard work she's doing to keep us all informed and and uh, get up every day and try to give the right message to everyone on what we need to do to get through this because everyone's got a different opinion on what needs to happen and it's a difficult job. Well, I just wanted to thank you all so much for being part of this first ever podcast. Um, fingers crossed it turns out well. Uh, I loved working with you, and I can't wait to work with you all again. Thank you so much. I loved working on this project. It was, it was great um, to connect with you guys and work remotely. And I think the, the final product is really great. All the stories that were submitted, um, mm -hmm. they're very heartfelt and I really connected with like the the way that people shared their their history in this project. Thanks so much for having me. I had lots of fun chatting with you as usual, and uh, didn't feel all that different from when I'm chatting with you on a normal day. But this time, the world gets to hear how wonderful our relationship is. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for for having me today, and <laughs> it's been such a great conversation.